Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Tokyo Disneyland proudly presents our most spectacular pageant of nighttime dreams and fantasy in millions of sparkling lights. Welcome to the Wandering in Disney podcast. It's been six months almost. No, no. July was how many months ago? Four? It's about five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> about five and a half years. Um, but uh, thank you for tuning in. I'm joined by Mackenzie. Hello. Melissa. Hello. And Michaela. Howdy. The, the ladies that start with them. Oh, uh, I don't know why you tuned in, but thank you again. Uh, I'm I'm Andrew. I don't know if I said that. This this uh, podcast is in correspondence with WanderingInDisney.com. Uh, we have quite a few new posts up for the first time in a while, and uh, so go check that out. Uh, we also have a new Etsy shop since the last time we talked, um, and that is called Harold Supply Co. We have spirit jerseys, uh, bags, uh, like makeup cosmetic or pencil pouch bags and uh, we actually have some uh, cutting boards out right now so go check that out that's Harold Supply Co um, on Etsy uh, they're really awesome things we made them we, we made them things we made them I they're, buy them they're, <laughs> all, they're all Disney Park or Disney themed so uh, if you like this podcast because it's about Disney Parks you'll probably like the stuff in there because it's about Disney Parks. Exactly. She gets it. I hope you get it too. Um, instead of instead of a catch up on all the news, like most people would do after a four month break, we decided to do a deep dive into a land that none of us love. Uh, excuse me? That none of us love? I think that's fair. Um, I love all Disney Parks. No. They all deserve love. No. But we were talking about lands, not the parks. So, uh, well, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Dino Land today. We did a New Orleans Square history review, look ahead, whatever you want to call it. Um, we did that uh, four or five episodes ago. Go check that out if you want to hear about a land that we truly do love. But, uh, but today we're going to dive into Dino Land. It's so weird that we went from New Orleans Square to Dino Land. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand well, we the just progression. Well, we just picked the ones that you love. <laughs> okay, then you're right. This all makes sense. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Walking into Animal Kingdom is a tranquil experience. Unlike most theme parks, the path wanders and zags before reaching the park's icon, the Tree of Life. Those zigs and zags move through greenery and animal exhibits, a prelude of what's to come. Once firmly inside Animal Kingdom, there are lands full of wonder, but mostly set in realism. Villages in Africa and Asia await with a lived-in feel and a reflective atmosphere. The lands and moments that do suspend belief are awe-inspiring. Both Pandora and Discovery Island are at one with nature and a joy to look at. But there's one area that just doesn't seem to fit with any of this lush park, and that's Dino Land USA. Today, we're going to dive into that land examine how and why it came to be, the story behind it, what's there now, and what's to come. 
So we're going to start way back uh, when Dino Land opened, which was with the park, and April 22nd, Earth Day, 1998. Um, it did open with Animal Kingdom. I believe the lands that were open when this park opened were Dino Land, Discovery Island, Africa, Asia, and Camp Mini Mickey. I think I got them all. <clears throat> um, it, Animal Kingdom opened with the intention of celebrating all animals, not just the living, but also the mythical and extinct. Um, whether it fulfilled the mythical portion of that promise is up for debate and something we'll start to dive into in just a few minutes. But the extinct identity was carried out with Dino Land, where Africa and Asia both had exhibits with uh, real life animals, and Camp Mini Mickey was more of a placeholder. Um, than anything else. Uh, Dino Land had a clear intention and that was to bring to life the extinct animals. And maybe maybe not even bring them to life. That's something we'll dive into. We'll start this story even a little earlier than that though. Um, in the 1990s pop culture had some sort of a dinosaur renaissance. Uh, Jurassic Park took the world by storm in 1993, a huge movie as you probably know, and that was followed by a Jurassic Park ride in 1996 at Universal Hollywood. With Universal Orlando on the way, um, shortly after Animal Kingdom was set to open, uh, coming, uh, Universal Orlando was going to have a replica of the Jurassic Park ride and its own little Jurassic Park mini-land, which it still does today. and is about to open another coaster? Is I that, think they already did. did the, uh, I don't the think Jurassic it's open World. yet. No, they redid the Jurassic Park ride into Jurassic World and they're creating a Jurassic Park roller coaster, yes. but it's not done. Yeah, it's, it's not quite it. done yet. But but yeah, there is, they're about to expand this Jurassic Park themed area at Universal Orlando. Uh, with, with those things coming to Orlando, Disney felt there was an answer needed Disney also had Dinosaur, a film that came out in 2000, coming down the pike. The movie was said to be of personal significance to Michael Eisner. That's that's Disney lore. Who knows how real that is. But it was said to be a pet project of his. Uh, while it's impossible to know how much this played a role in choosing Dino Land, this was the reason Countdown to Extinction was renamed to the current iteration Dinosaur. A terrible, terrible name switch. Um, but, so, I, I would guess that it played some role um, with, I would imagine, Jurassic Park, at least halfway inspired Dinosaur, the movie to be made, and then I think that was, as theme parks usually do, they're reflected, um, they, they reflect back the films that are being made at the time. <clears throat> there are other options considered instead of Dino Land, most not notably a subject of Disney fan lore called, Bi uh, called Beastly Kingdom, not Bisley Kingdom. Um, Beastly Kingdom is uh, maybe one of the more famous lands that were never built. Um, it is a gorgeous looking land and an idea that, frankly, um, should have happened, maybe. Um, 
I'm going to read a little bit about it from themeparktourist.com. Um, Beastly Kingdom, an entire theme land dedicated to creatures that inspire legend, st story, song, and myth. Once you cross the bridge over Discovery River, guests would enter into a fantasy world ruled, uh, that's ruled by good and evil. A forking path in a dense wood would lead to two opposing realms. To the right, a fanciful path that would lead into a beautiful marble oasis of fountains, arches, columns, and dancing water. This peaceful kingdom would feature two standout attractions. First, a family dark ride would be a leisurely boat ride through the ornate gardens featured in the Dance of the Hours segment from the 1940s classic Fantasia. You'd encounter the film's dancing hippos, ostriches, and crocodiles. The real would-be wonder from Beastly Kingdom would have been Quest for the Unicorn, a groundbreaking walkthrough attraction. Guests would have been released into a truly boundless hedge maze, making their way through Fantastic Realm to awaken four bronze creatures, each of whom protected one piece of the four-part code used to unlock the unicorn's grotto. Only those who dutifully collected each piece of the code would be rewarded with an yeah, unforgettable face-to-face -face encounter with the unicorns and its tranquil cavern. Meanwhile, having chosen the path to the left, back at the land entrance, would lead guests through a darkened, lantern-lit forest. It would weave and twist, leading to a desolate medieval village of torch-lit stone pubs with the deteriorating ruins of a long-abandoned castle on the hill overhead. This half of the land would be a scorched battlefield where anxious, anxious, anxious peasants would be in constant fear of the malicious dragon roosting in the castle's vaults. Guests would gather before the crumbling fortress to see hints of the mysterious dragon the bartenders at the local pub and inn spoke of, and like clockwork, the dragon would remind gathered guests of his presence by appearing masked in shadow with massive claws gripping the castle's edge. With a bellowing breath of fire, the barely seen figure would set a waterfall of flame, sending scorching plumes raining down the castle's facade. And therein would reside, reside the, land's, the land's headliner, and the new anchor for the entire park, Dragon Tower, a dark ride coaster combo through the heart of the castle for a one-on-one -on -one encounter with the towering dragon himself. Uh, Beastly Kingdom would have been the next evolution in Disney storytelling. The Incredible Land would take the photorealism of Animal Kingdom's Africa and Asia and infuse it with fantasy, creating a living habitable um, world that just happened to include unthinkable creatures and unimaginable adventures. In one fell swoop, Beastly Kingdom would double Animal Kingdom's attraction lineup and provide it with both a high-capacity family dark ride, a thrill ride beyond anything Disney had created before, and a new mythology that could grow and evolve. Larger than life, the land would be emotional, moving, and quite literally legendary. And just like that, it was canceled. <clears throat> Obviously, this, uh, this Beastly Kingdom was uh, ambitious, much like Animal Kingdom itself, and uh, the reasons for it being canceled aren't just on Dinoland, but, uh, but have things, I mean, there's, there's a lot more to the story. Um, I guess the, 
the question that would follow this is, uh, we'd probably all rather have this than yeah. Dino Land. Definitely, right? yes. Um, I was reading that I think one of the main reasons why it got canceled, or at least postponed and not part of the initial opening, was because they spent a lot of their budget on Africa and Asia that they didn't quite have a lot left over. Yeah, that, that kind of goes into this decision that ultimately ended up being a decision between Beastly Kingdom and Dinoland. Uh, Beastly Kingdom wasn't set to go where Dinoland is or was, um, but it was a choice in budget instead of location. Animal Kingdom had a robust budget but at the time, but as always, there's only so much money to go around. Instead of Beastly Kingdom being built, guests were left with Dinoland and Camp Mini Mickey, which would become Pandora roughly two decades later. Um, yeah, the the budget ran out, and and instead we were left with Dinoland without the current Chester and Hester Dinorama, which came about five years later, um, and uh, and Camp Mini Mickey, which was next to nothing really. It, it's there was a tent. I think that's where the when my very first time going to Disney World, it had. The Lion King performance Yeah, that's where was Festival there. of the Lion King was before it moved, and yeah, it was. Uh, it yeah, was I don't not anything much else there. other than. Yeah. It just was way back there. Um, so, uh, when you walk into Animal Kingdom, um, on the banners above, like the park banners, isn't the right word, but the the carved uh, the statues or yeah, above the Animal Kingdom. Uh, sign, you can see a dragon, and that is supposed to represent what was to come in Beastly Kingdom. Um, as as we as I talked about at the beginning, mythical creatures were supposed to be a part of Animal Kingdom and are now twenty years later. But uh, for the first twenty years, there was no real sign of anything mythical inside of Animal Kingdom. Um, one other consideration back to Dinoland. One other unless you guys have any more thoughts on Beastly Kingdom, sorry. Uh, one other consideration when it came to deciding on Dinoland was an attraction that debuted on the West Coast at Disneyland, Indiana Jones Adventure. Imagineers and Disney execs were eager to use the ride system, which we'll talk about later, in Walt Disney World and did so with Dinosaur, or then Countdown to Extinction. Um, that's that's the reason why Dinoland is built, and kind of a, a quick look at how many choices, not only in pop culture but among executives, um, how many factors go into the decision of what to build when a park opens, or even it's easier to build one land as you expand the theme park, but the the decision to um, decide, well, the decision to decide. Deciding on uh, what land should go into an initial park has to be far more daunting than one, okay, we're going to expand here, okay, now we're going to expand here. Instead, you're coming up with five lands that have to be somewhat successful for the park to ultimately uh, succeed. Yeah. They could have easily started with building half 
of Beastly Kingdom though, because they had two, they had a fork and they had two different routes. They yep. could have built the dragon half, which seems more exciting, before they expanded into the yes. happier fairy tale realm. Absolutely. And that might have been better in the long run. That, I completely agree <laughs> with you. Um, yeah, I don't know what the budget would be. It would seem that it would have, even half, I would guess, would still be more than Dino Land. Just because mm -hmm. they already had the right system for Countdown to Extinction. Sure. Um, and Dino Land, when it opened, didn't take a lot of room. Uh, there was theater in the wild. There was dinosaur things we'll talk about in a little bit. But, but it just wasn't a lot of build compared to um, even half of Beastly Kingdom. I'm sure that played a part. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think the park would have been a lot more successful if if they built like half of it and said another half to come ultimately who knows what would have happened if they had said uh, the other half is still to come because um, a few years after Animal Kingdom opened 9-11 happened and, and significantly reduced tourism and budgets for Walt Disney World and the, the resort became stagnant for a decade um, so who knows? It's all uh, it's all speculation, but some interesting what ifs. Okay, we're gonna get into the uh, design of Dino Land and the backstory behind it. Um, yes, even lands that uh, that maybe aren't the prettiest, uh, that uh, maybe we don't like quite as much, usually have backstory. And this this land has. Quite a bit of uh, Yeah, a, a very evolved backstory. Arguably too much, but that's that's a topic that we can dive into in a little bit. Um, like other lands in Animal Kingdom, Dino Land aims to transport guests into a new world. Just this time, instead of fictional, but not fantasy towns in Asia or Africa, it takes guests to a highway somewhere between Florida and Texas. <laughs> We're already laughing, and uh, yeah, it... Um, well, we'll get to we'll get to a bigger idea in a little bit. Shrouded in backstory, Dinoland's idea is that this area started as a gas station owned by Chester and Hester. Uh, who knows? Maybe a married couple, maybe a couple of friends. Um, but they started this gas station in Diggs County, uh, the first of many Dinoland puns. Um, they may it may not be a good land, but it is good at puns. The best, I would argue, of any, yeah. of any land in a Disney park. Yeah, I'll, I think you you have to be right. I would think. Yeah. Um, this gas station stood alone until fossils were found in the area, bringing archaeologists and college students, grad students who want to do research. All of the buildings and area and all of the buildings in the area and all of the other stuff too. Uh, provide details on what those buildings were used for. Some are restaurants and they were cafeterias for these grad students. Some were used as dorms um, and some were used as an institute that would come later. Unlike Jurassic Park, this idea brought guests into a current way of looking at dinosaurs through the extinct, uh, the extinct path instead of walking alongside them. 
The Chester and Hester Dinorama expansion in 2002 added a Toy Story Land sort of expansion to the park. The story is that the uncovering of fossils had brought tourisms from far and wide to the area. So Chester and Hester decided to uh, make money off of, off of these tourists, building a roadside carnival to take advantage of the tourism boom. When looking at the primeval world, it looks like it was just loaded off of a truck like a like a Parking amusement lot, yeah. park yeah. the whole uh, unlike the rest of the park with uneven walkways um, that look lived in and weathered by rain and animal footprints this is blacktop and it's on a parking lot uh, there are carnival games for guests to spend more money um, there are and then there are um, little rides that you would see at an amusement park or a fair, um, again, looking like they just were loaded off of a truck. It was an obvious and ugly cheap idea to solve some of Animal Kingdom's lack of ride problem, and it put a final cherry on top of an area that was an obvious eyesore to an otherwise luscious and thoughtful park. This, this leads us to our first big idea of the episode. Do bad ideas with good execution ever make for good theme park lands? The, the the execution in Dinoland is obviously there. Every single place you look is full of detail, much like the whole Animal Kingdom at the whole Animal Kingdom Park. But uh, it's noticeably different. It stands out almost, and not in the way that you would want. I don't think, mm. but. The one, the people that will defend Dino Land as a, um, as a good land, say that it is detailed and adds to the story and and has a lot of backstory. Um, so, I, I think it's a bad idea with good execution. I don't know if you all agree. I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think the like the blacktop carnival expansion is a horrible idea because it just looks so bad. But other than that, I like it. I think uh, I think yeah, I would have liked to seen it to have seen it before uh, the expansion. Um, it still looks different in those areas, but less less. Um, abrasive like it's just not quite as in your face mm -hmm. um, the I, I don't know if it's as reflective as the rest of the park even it take out Dinorama for a second I don't know if dinosaur and uh, like the boneyard that area I don't think it's as reflective as as every other land in the park talking about the current iteration um, and I do think that's an important part of Animal Kingdom instead uh, Dinoland minus Dinorama kind of gives you these things that have happened and says this is what happened experience it for yourself mm -hmm. sort of but it's not a thoughtful yeah. way and I think that's that's this is different from what our big idea but an interesting side road to go down. 
I don't I don't know if it's thoughtful. Well, the it's, like in my eyes the Dinorama expansion and then the like dinosaur attraction part of it they don't like connect to me at all like they're completely different yeah but they're in the same land and I just think they clash. They do. It feels like there's three separate areas because there's the institute area there's the boneyard area and then there's the yeah the blacktop but. When I was thinking about whether or not um, if the good execution made for the good theme parks, even if it was a bad idea, my thought that I just kept coming back to was it doesn't make me want to be there. That yes, the details are all there, the backstory is there, I still think that they executed their idea well, but I still don't, if I'm going to Animal Kingdom, I'm going to go to a different park like I don't different care. Land. Yeah, different land. I don't care to be in Dino Land, even with all the backstory, whether that's honestly in any part of Dino Land. It's, yes. it's just, that was kind of my thought in it. Like, I feel like theme parks should, are striving to get people to want to be there, to be in that immersive land that I just don't feel like Dino Land feels as immersive as the other lands in the park are. Yeah. I would say though that I don't think a large part of Dino Land is really aimed towards us. I think a lot of it is aimed towards kids, especially with the boneyard. I mean, we can't even play in the boneyard because we're we over can't. ten. You're supposed to be under ten years old to play in the boneyard. <laughs> you can go. <laughs> Not follow that rule. That's when you, that's when you bring younger siblings. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> well and is a good idea but the rest of the land is mostly meant for children and so it's cartoony and zany and fun but not immersive and tells a bunch of story that adults would appreciate more in my opinion I just constantly forget that this land exists <laughs> like completely I go oh yeah you're over here oh okay cool and I just don't strive to be there in that area, especially because the rest of Animal Kingdom I love and adore and I love being around and I just don't want to go over there and be walking around there because it's just like, yeah, I get your idea, I get it, but also I just don't want it. <laughs> yeah. For a park that thrives off of its transitions, mm -hmm. this land doesn't transition well from anywhere you go and like we've kind of stumbled upon it doesn't even transition well in itself and i think that's uh, one of its biggest flaws the other is no one wants to be on a highway in between florida and Texas. <laughs> no. like people that live there don't want to be there no. it's I the same problem with toy story land like I honestly have never really wanted to be in a backyard when I'm at a Disney park. I'd much rather be in Batu or in Asia or yeah. or in Fantasyland. Yeah. It's not you. You can have a 
story and a very well thought out story. But if I don't actually want to be a part of that story, then isn't that land failing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like watching like a movie that everyone loves, but it's like a horror movie, and you're like, I'm not into that. Yeah, it's a it's a great horror movie, but I don't care about horror movies. I wouldn't want to watch it even it was if it was quote unquote really good. Yeah, and the the kid argument, like I understand that you need areas for kids, and and thankfully. Uh, that park has more than like Epcot or Hollywood Studios but in the same token like I have seen more kids like smile in Galaxy's Edge than like riding on Triceratops spin <laughs> like it's Animal Kingdom's Toontown that's yeah, all it is yeah and uh, Toontown doesn't need to it's exist either yeah. yeah so I uh, the the kid argument like, there are plenty of amazing theme park lands that really vibe with kids. Um, this one isn't one of them, I don't think. No. no. Where it's too specific of an age. Yeah. It's not broad enough. Yeah. I think, too, it just feels like the idea of, yes, being an archaeologist or a paleontologist or all of those sound fun but it just doesn't feel as real anymore as it probably did when it originally was made and thought through um that was kind of my thought too is it just didn't feel relevant anymore yeah i think some of that is that want to go and like will even understand like this is what i'm seeing yeah because that's so outside of the norm these days. As we talked about at the beginning, I mean, it was a very of the moment thing, like dinosaurs mm -hmm. were huge. And I think they kind of took a risk in that mm -hmm. it wasn't, you're going to go see dinosaurs, it's a, you're going to go uncover these fossils of mm -hmm. dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's not as exciting, frankly, mm -hmm. um, even if it does fit in maybe with the park's original identity and what they were going for. Mm -hmm. Any more thoughts? No? Moving so. on? Um, Dinoland uh, has changed a little bit over time. Um, mainly in the Dino-Rama expansion. That's, that's basically it. Um, as I mentioned, Countdown to Extinction, the original ride changed to Dinosaur. It, the story changed minimum, minimally, but uh, yeah, it it, uh, it changed a little bit. Um, the the expansion was uh, as as I mean as we've talked about was a big miss, but done on the cheap, and uh, and unfortunate overall. Even if it did bring some needed capacity to the to the land. Um, the theater in the wild was added, and uh, another interesting choice in that the theater in the wild has never is in Dinoland, but has never featured a dinosaur show. Um, That's considered Dinoland. Yeah, it's it's right by it. I know it's right by it. I just 
I guess I put it in its own category. Yeah. yeah. Like, the walkway in the middle. It's just yeah. Nemo. Yeah. That's just what it is. Yeah. Um, other than that, the the land has stayed largely the same, um, and who knows for how much longer. Um, yeah. All right, we're going to get into the rides now. Um, we'll start with Dinosaur. I think Melissa's going to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So we already talked about some that it used to be, like when the park first opened, it was known as Countdown to Extinction um, when it opened in 1998. But with the release of the movie Dinosaur in 2000, they renamed um, it to just Dinosaur and added in that the Iguanodon. Um, to link those together. Um, this ride is inside of the Dinosaur Institute that they added. Um, in the attraction, guests board vehicles called Time Rovers at the Dino Institute and are sent to the Crustaceous period that contains several elements from the film, including the appearance of a Carnotarius, an Iguanodon, and the Meteor Shower. Um, it follows the same Indiana Jones track system that's in um, Disneyland um, throughout it. Let's see here, what else? Um, they, <laughs> uh, with the newly named attraction to Dinosaur, they wanted to attract younger audiences uh, with the movie Dinosaur coming out. Um, that the movement of the vehicles changed to less intense and the soundtrack was even revised to be less frightening so that way it appealed more to children. I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. But it makes sense with what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, and I don't remember off the top of my head when Indiana Jones Adventure debuted but that with it debuted this new ride system, which at the time was on par, like a, a current day version of like the trackless ride system. The enhanced motor, the enhanced motion vehicle uh, ride system was um, a huge deal, a huge breakthrough, and something that was uh, wanted, like Imagineering wanted to utilize, and did so on both coasts. Uh, Maybe it should have just been Indiana Jones, because that ride is amazing. Yes. But, but uh, I guess I give them credit for doing something original too. Uh, they could have easily put Indy in Asia or Africa yep. just by changing the storyline to yep. a mm -hmm. temple there. We might talk about that later. Yeah. By the way, Indiana Jones opened in '95. Thank you. So yeah, as as it debuted, they were building Animal Kingdom. Um, I don't really have much more other than it's just, it's built into the, um, what was it called? I forget. Dino Institute? Yeah. Yeah. It's built into that Dino Institute that they added in. Yeah, throughout the queue you can see lots of, um, fossils and... Fossils. There's, there's even little things about, like, how, how the students at the Dino Institute will... Uh, like do lunch and like uh, like it's just a reminder that this is a working place that the people are using to study dinosaurs and that's mm -hmm. the story you're inside of. And I think part of it too, um, 
or like the idea of the time rovers was also brought in as part of the background story as a way that they needed to make more money in the area so it was a way oh, to, sure. to get tourists in to go on the time rover to a non yeah. um, a non-dangerous time period in order to gain more money for their institute sure. but that was part of how that ride came to be thoughts on the ride too dark it's it's very, very it's dark. incredibly dark yeah um i mean i think it's still fun because i do enjoy the ride system i do think that it lacks in some areas because it is really dark yeah um, whereas like indiana jones i feel like there's a surprise around every corner it's yeah. just it mm -hmm. doesn't feel that sense of adventure throughout all of it india it, has one dark minutes. area because if they ran out of money. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's it's uh, mm -hmm. a really detailed and incredible ride. Mm -hmm. This one, it does feel like you turn a corner and it's just pitch black for a few yeah. seconds. Then you see a dinosaur and then it happens again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that said, it's it's fun. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun ride and the story's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how much. Like, I'm wondering why it's too dark. Like, is it too dark because they really want it to be spooky? Or is it too dark because they didn't have a lot of money, so there actually is a ton of blank space? I don't think it always used to be this dark, if that answers your question. I yeah. don't feel like it used to be either. No. Uh, I don't mind it being dark as if it's, like, on purpose. But this just doesn't feel like it's on purpose yeah, as much. Yeah, really dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. I, I um, I'm sure a countdown to extinction video is somewhere on the internet, but I I'm not aware of it. Um, but if if it truly was a little spookier and scarier, then mm -hmm. um, then maybe maybe the initial ride was darker. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine it being darker? <laughs> I cannot imagine it being any darker than it Just hold a nap at that point. <laughs> uh, a loud, bumpy nap. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading this book. This is where I got a lot of my information from. It's called More Secret Stories of Walt Disney World by Jim Corcus. Mm -hmm. But he also talks about when he's talking about the dinosaur ride, that at the same time they were doing these experiments this experiment called Living Character Initiatives, which involved, um, or which evolved into Lucky, which was a dinosaur prototype that of a audio animatronic figure that could actually walk, like they had him walk through at Disneyland at one point, I think, or California Adventure, and eventually he made his way back to Animal Kingdom for a short time, but he only made like a couple debuts. But I thought it was really interesting just how they talked about. For years, they built this giant dinosaur animatronic to kind of hype it up, and yeah. he only came out a couple times. Huh. Interesting. His name was Lucky. <laughs> Do you know what kind of dinosaur he was? Uh, yes. Yeah, I need to know. Say. He was 20 foot long, roughly oh 12 goodness. feet tall, 450 pound Lucky, who smiles, grunts, sneezes, bats his eyelashes. And signs clover-shaped autographs. Aww. Why so did they had successful test runs at Disney's California Adventure, and later 
Disney's Animal Kingdom, right? I'm look up a picture. He is a Gillimimus dinosaur. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gillimimus. Gallimimus. G-A-L-L-I-M-I-M-U-S. The Disney designers did take some liberties to soften his image so children would um, fall in love with him more. That sounds And so he nice. did vocalizations, including hiccups. <laughs> Question? Yes. Would this immediately be the best thing in Dino Land? Yes! Yeah. I was reading I this and I was like, that's what I feel like is missing where, like, when I go through Africa or Asia, like, I just feel so immersed in that or, like, it just brings it to life for me. Yeah. As opposed to, like, in Dinosaur or in the Dinos, Dino Land, everything is extinct yeah. and there's just no moving. It just feels... Oh. So, like, I just feel like that would add so much life in there. Yeah. Like, how Kevin walks around. Oh, yeah. It'd yeah. be so cool to have this dinosaur walk around. But it would be. I guess he showed up in Hong Kong Disneyland for a time being. My goodness. He gets around. He was only playtesting, so he's currently home at the Walt Disney Imagineering. Sure, and that was quite a few years ago. Yeah. Hasn't come out since the D23 2009 Expo. Huh. I think you might be able to see him if you do one of those adventures by Disney. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, so Lucky where? still exists. <laughs> oh, if you went to like the, the California one? He's um, he's at Walt Disney Imagineering. Sure. Cool. Just chilling like a villain. That sounds yeah. nice. So anyways, there was that other tidbit. There we go. That was hidden in this book. I need to meet him. Yeah, right. that would be wonderful. This is a new goal. I love him. <laughs> All right, two questions. Is dinosaur the best thing in Dino Land? Yes. Mm. Yes. I don't know. I kind of think I like the boneyard better. And more just like you the, can't even play in it. And more just like aesthetic wise. <laughs> makes me like that. Uh, yeah, I might agree with that. Honestly. So. <laughs> Um, no, I, I think Dinosaur might be the best. It's it's a close one and two, though. Yeah, definitely. And a new game we're playing. Uh, it's blog-wide, it's podcast-wide. Is Dinosaur better than a trip to Wendy's? <laughs> what? Okay. You, since this is the initial voyage into the Wendy's, uh, <laughs> Wendy's sphere, um... You have to say how much you like Wendy's first, and then say if dinosaur is better than Wendy's. Um, I like Wendy's Frosties. That's probably about it. So, I'm gonna say dinosaur is better than Wendy's. Okay. I love their spicy chicken nuggets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but, oh, why is this a difficult choice? <laughs> it's not. You're just making it one. <laughs> really like their spicy nuggets. I'm gonna pick dinosaur. Okay, good. <laughs> dinosaur is better than a trip to Wendy's. And how much do you like Wendy's? I really, really like Wendy's. I think everything they have is really good. Their chili is fantastic. They have a wide range of options. For me, Wendy's is a top three fast food restaurant. <laughs> and I would rather go on Dinosaur than go to Wendy's. <laughs> Alright, we're moving on to Primeval World. Um, the... Probably closed forever roller coaster. Not even probably. It's like confirmed closed. Yeah, forever. but I mean, well, like if it sits there for five years and they bring the right vehicles back, 
On a scale of one to ten, how surprised you would be? Would I would be? be very surprised because I feel like that thing is rusted and like close to falling apart. But it felt like that for the last like twenty years. You know how they did the rocket rods on the people mover, and then it was closed, and it's been closed. Yeah. At this point, the people mover like would need a lot of safety upgrades in order yeah. for it to be used again. I think, I think that primeval world is close to reaching that point. Wow. But it's only been like. It's less than a year since it was open. Yeah, but I feel like there's a lot of regular maintenance that goes on in the nighttime on all the rides that we don't know about. One of the bits of research I did before this podcast stated the model of this roller coaster, which is used in amusement parks around the country, and um, how many people have died on it. So uh, go ahead. Let's oh talk about primeval world. Wait, you have to answer the question first. What is the question? How you many have people have us. died on this type of roller coaster? Uh, it was double digits, from what I read. It's a lot. But not not all of them were riding. Some were like workers. Some yeah. So. But not like on primeval world itself. No. On the ride. No one that I know. Oh. In my research, there have been multiple cast member fatalities from working oh. on the ride. Oh my that's, gosh. Well, that's terrible. It's yeah. not good. Way to bring it down, Michaela. <laughs> you brought up the question. I'm just bringing the facts right back at you. <laughs> bring the facts. That's what this. That's the tagline of this podcast. Let's talk about Prank Wandering in Disney podcast. Bring the facts. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's chicken nuggets are good. Fact. Okay. They are. Primeval World, yes, has been used in carnivals all over the world, and it's not that unique of a ride. Um, it's a steel, wild mouse type roller coaster. Um, these are small, and they seat four or less people. Primeval World, in particular, has four people, but they all sit in one kind of curved row. Um, these coasters specialize in tight, flat turns, and it gives you really um, high lateral g-forces. So they don't go very fast. Um, Primeval World's top speed is 29.1 miles per hour, but you get a ton of G's and it's a lot of, it's scary for a lot of people because the um, ride vehicles are wider than the track, so it kind of feels like you could fall off at any moment, and Andrew, I know you could attest to um, not liking roller coasters like this. Goofy Sky's cool. It's oh, far okay. scarier than Sorry. this, but yeah, but yeah, these, yeah. these scare me more than Everest, which is, well, I don't know, five times the size. <laughs> I hate these types of things. Oh, I love them. <laughs> oh, so, Primeval World opened with the um, Dino-Rama expansion in 2002. Um, the story is that there are a bunch of scientists that are um, sending you back in time to right before the big meteor hits that kills all the dinosaurs, and you kind of are flown around while the dinosaurs are trying to get out and are trying to not die. Um, Do you, I think that's the that's the story. This is where this Dinoland story gets confusing to me. See, I think this is Chester and Hester reenacting the actual dinosaur plot in a roller coaster that's not actually doing that. The dinosaur plot from the, dinosaur from the attraction? the attraction. Yeah. Oh. I think that's what they're. Going, going for? for? Uh -huh. Interesting, I've never heard that. Because otherwise, this isn't a uh, roadside attraction, it's a crazy science uh, exhibit. 
Okay, so... There's a bunny outside, and I'm trying to I show all the others. I cannot see it. I can't see it. There's so much glare. It's behind the chair. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I see it! <laughs> You're very close to the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> okay, primeval world. So, um, the Q has a quote-unquote time machine. Um, it's kind of built out of used parts. I remember in particular there are hubcaps from different types of cars used... So right, I get you, Chester uh -huh. and Hester. Anyway, so there's a time machine, and where you get on the vehicle, ride vehicles, there's a whole bunch of, um, like, screens and scientists do hickeys and things like that, and a bunch of 2D cutouts of scientists. And then when you go up the lift hill, that's you going back in time, and there are these archways you go under that are covered in clocks, and they also have weird, funky lines on them. One of them, my favorite one, says like you're going back in time and then it says older than dirt, which I think is very funny. Again, the dinosaur, Land USA puns make a really big comeback in this ride. Um, so then as you go through the ride, there are a bunch of 2D dino cutouts. They don't really do a lot of like 3D or real animatronics on this ride because it's outside and it's just a bunch of pictures put on I don't know, steel or something to keep them going. But there are a bunch of dino cutouts and they're all trying to run for meteors and some of them are holding signs that say like the end is near and head for the hills. <laughs> uh, and there's like meteors around and a big dino skeleton that at one point you run through. Um, the What's disappointing for me is that this ride is it's a wild mouse coaster but it's supposed to spin. The ride cars spin which they do, but they really only spin for the second half of the ride as opposed to the entire thing. And they don't spin very fast. And most people don't like this ride. I know everybody else in the room doesn't care for it, doesn't really care that it's gone. I like it. Oh, Melissa likes it too. Okay, we got 50-50. <laughs> this ride, it's simple and there isn't a lot of like details or yeah, it's outside and it's kind of red, whatever. But it's so fun. It's like such a fun time and I like have home videos of my entire family going on it and us just laughing the entire time because of how kooky the ride is. And when I went with my family a couple of years back and I was like 18, 19, we rode it like three times in a row and we were all over. <laughs> I think we were all adults. I think it looks ugly. I don't like how it looks, but I just laugh the entire time I'm on it. And so, like, to me, that doesn't give it, it... It doesn't hold any substance to, like, the theme at all. It's just fun. And that's why, in that aspect, I like the ride. Yeah. And I guess the... Putting it nicely, the argument against it is if you went on it at anywhere... Both of you would laugh and have an amazing time. Yes. Yeah, the fact that it's in a Disney park really doesn't do anything for it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, well. That's one of the arguments against it. <laughs> but, to be fair to both of you, who I think have had some times you'll never forget on it, uh, I mean, nostalgia plays uh, for sure. one of the biggest roles in li liking or disliking things in a theme park. Unfortunately for Melissa and I, um, they moved Primeval World to a seasonal ride in June of 2019, um, like Stitch's 
great escape yeah. in Magic Kingdom. Yeah. And then once um, Disney World closed for COVID, that was the last time it ran, and they announced, along with the closure officially of Stitch's Great Escape, that Primeval World would be officially closing and would not return. And then in July, they took the ride vehicles off the tracks, so, and now it's just been sitting. And it will be for ugly quite some time, probably. Um, <laughs> Alright, we've sort of got into it. Uh, just overall thoughts on the ride. I, Mackenzie might have some things to say. It's it's just not fun. <laughs> I don't like it. No. It makes my body hurt. It truly reminds me of the reason I'm scared of roller coasters is, well, partially, is because I would go to the local fair and ride things that I was convinced were going to fall apart while I was on yeah, them. That's and fair. this is this is the exact same thing. I've been yeah. on I've been on this coaster yeah. other places and I don't feel safe. Well, one of the reasons I moved it to seasonal was because of technical issues. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I mean, I hate the way it looks. I don't think oh. I don't yeah. think there's any way around that. One cool great. thing about it is that it's actually two identical tracks as opposed to one. It's just like Space Mountain and Disney World. There's two tracks and they're exactly the same. Sure. They're just opposite each other. That is cool. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. That's nice. I kind of go back and forth on, I mean, that ride, but then also like Dinorama as a whole. Because I like how it looks, but not that it's in a Disney park. Like, I would want my street fair to look like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, that's... But, like, I, if I stumbled upon that, like, out in the world, then that would be awesome. But in Disney World, I want something more. Does that make sense? I don't know. If I drove past it, I would think, hmm, I could have stopped. That's where I'm at. I really love dinosaurs. Yeah, that's true. I would be tempted yeah, okay, to stop. Okay, you're right. But you That's could talk me Chester out of it. and Hester want to do that thing. <laughs> but you could talk me out of not going to <laughs> pretty fast. Um, is the park better? I think we're going to have a pretty even split on this question. Is the park better with it closed? No. It's worse. We went and I was sad. <laughs> we looked at it and I was sad. I barely saw Dino Land when uh, we went last. <laughs> We were on Triceratops, but... Yeah, we did. <laughs> I would honestly say I'm indifferent. Like, I don't think it added to the park in the first place, so it being gone doesn't... De doesn't make it better. <laughs> yeah. Did I answer the question? Sure, <laughs> I think so. Mackenzie? I, I could care less about this. <laughs> like, I just... If it's just going to sit there, you might as well run it. That's yeah. usually my preference. Keep people out of other lines. <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, I think if it's just going to sit there and be ugly, I'd rather do something while being ugly. Yeah. Is part of the reason it's closing, I think I read this somewhere, is that the manufacturer of the ride has closed. And that so would make some sense. They can't keep up with the ride. Huh. I, I don't know that. that I read that somewhere. I wish I had a reference, but I'm pretty sure that's part of the reason why it closed. It's because huh. the like manufacturer of the ride and ride vehicles that would make does a not exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But Disney has always been one for 
making things out yeah. of thin air. Yeah. They could have replicated things, I feel like. They just didn't, didn't want to. <laughs> didn't probably. want to invest in this one ride. Last of all, would you rather go to Wendy's or ride Primeval World? <laughs> I'd rather go to Wendy's. <laughs> I'd rather ride the ride. Primeval World. Uh, it's close. Depends on how much money I have to spend at Wendy's. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I'd probably go Wendy's on this one. Oh, dear. Um, Don't eat Wendy's before you go on No. Road. When I was reading up on Dino Lansom, I read about um, a ride they were thinking about adding into the Dinoland area prior to um, Dinorama being added in there. It was called The Excavator. Um, where the, where did I read it earlier to you guys? Um, it was a another roller coaster that could have happened in yes, Animal Kingdom, right? Um, it was that the story of the excavator begins with the backstory of Dino Land as a whole. The backstory dates back to the 1940s in a small town off of Highway 498 in fictional Diggs County, primarily known as the place of quiet relaxation and good fishing. The town was also home to the small gas station. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Nope, that's all about Dynorama. Sorry guys, I lost my spot. That's okay. Um, Well, you look, Diggs yeah. County really got me. Yeah. <laughs> is Second it two G's? Time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, here it is. Um, the key event in Dinoland USA's history is obviously the discovery of dinosaur fossils. This is where the excavator would have come into play. Dinoland's backstory would have been slightly modified to incorporate a mining and or sand and gravel company operating in the town. The operation included a massive mechanical piece of machinery known as the excavator, which would send ore carts in and out of mine slash gravel pits. So it seemed like it would be a racing mine cart attraction. Nice. And it, yeah, it sounds really nice. They went in and talked about their, there was just some concept art, like it didn't get very far off, but some of the concept art had like uh, the boneyard with like this mountain back in the background and okay. it just sounds way better than Chester and Hester's Dinoland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. But. Speaking of the Boneyard, let's go there next. The Boneyard! The Boneyard. A place where you're not supposed to play because you're too old. Okay. <laughs> I, I have never seen signs no. that say otherwise. <sighs> I just read on... Have, have I read them? Walt Disney no. <laughs> that you're not supposed to. I have played in the Boneyard at least three times. <laughs> this is this is literally At straight. least two of those we had nephews with Straight us. from the Walt sure? Disney World website. Wyatt, and we had Colton and Carter with us once. Yeah, but I think there's been other times where I have. I've just seen that two of those three times we had nephews with yeah. us. <laughs> Okay, kids 10 and under are invited to clamber across rope bridges, climb through <laughs> mysterious caves, and hurl down twisting slides. There's a dig site, and there are fossils from tri Triceratops and a T-Rex, and throughout the day the kids can um, excavate them, and then 
at some points they close it the other day to cover them back up so they can be re-uncovered. Um, there's a shaded seating area for adults. Yeah, there is. And there are large fans <laughs> to help you cool down. And there's also, it's trying to be educational as well. There are notes around and facts posted on the walls about dinosaurs and archaeology and digging and things. So your kids can learn while they have fun too. It's incredible. I've never been in there. Oh, I've only walked by. So sorry. There's even like very a tiny little waterfall, isn't there, in one spot yeah. where like a, a rock leaks. Yep. A rock leaks. And you can walk through the rocks. It's yeah. uh, it's fantastic. The yeah. playground itself, amazing. The the little sites where you can uh, shovel the sand and, and dig up the fossils are great. There's a bridge to go over yeah. that crosses the main pathway, and you can go dig some more. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's it's everything that Dinoland should have been. Um, <laughs> and a playground. Yeah. <laughs> Sad that the thing that. The Imagineers got right out of the entire land was a playground. Sure, I I think I think you're correct. Um, just go walk around in there. I mean, you don't have to climb on the 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 um, the actual like, playground. playground and go down the slides. Although you could, and the no slides one's, are pretty fun. No one's gonna say anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but if you're not comfortable doing that because for some reason it breaks the rules. Um, the rules are clearly posted. Uh, I did not. Then just anything. just go look at it and uh, yeah. enjoy yourself. I mean, it's yeah. it's fantastic. It's the best playground in a Disney park by far. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, then the next ride is Triceratops Spin. There is not a lot to say about Triceratops Spin. It is a uh, it's a spinner ride in Chester and Hester, Daniel Rama. Um, it's it's basically Dumbo the Flying Elephant, but with uh, dinosaurs. Triceratops. Triceratops. It's the best kind of dinosaur. It's one of those amazing rides that tells you exactly what it is. A triceratops <laughs> spin is the name. You watch it, triceratops are spinning. Yeah. It's... It's and just fine. If you ask our nephew, he says it's better than Dumbo. It is maybe better than Dumbo <laughs> because there are dinosaurs. And there's yeah. little to no line. Dumbo yeah, will wait a long time. It is a you can get some nice views. The uh, the <laughs> nice <laughs> nice views of a primeval world. <laughs> and those giant dinosaurs overhead. Yeah, sure. Those are nice. Um, but but yeah, it's it is what it is. It's it's nothing special. Um, but I'm fine with a spinner in each park, and that's what this is. Yeah. There are also. Uh, There's no spinner in Epcot. Is there a spinner? No, Epcot? there isn't. Uh, where would you put a spinner in Epcot? Just probably one of the Just World right Showcase. Morocco. You can put Jasmine's flying carpets there. Um, real, real quick, Boneyard or Wendy's, McKinsey? Uh, Boneyard. Boneyard. Does the Wendy's have a play toy? Absolutely not. Then the Boneyard. Yeah, Boneyard. Bo Wendy's or Triceratops Spin? Yeah, I'll take Wendy's. Triceratops Spin! Melissa <laughs> doesn't like Wendy's. Wendy's. Yeah, I'll take Wendy's as well. 
Um, okay, let's. There are also um, a few carnival games. Have any of you? They're called fossil fun games. Has have any of you taken part? No, but I, I did. I did just see an Instagram post, oddly enough, today from somebody in Disney World talking about how you can only get these specific plush toys that are like labeled with labeled with Dino Land and Dinorama. Hmm. Only from winning those games. Well, make sure they get those cute. next time. Yeah, they looked cute. Yeah, sure. They sell for hundreds of dollars on it. Uh, eBay. eBay? Okay. I almost said Etsy, but that's where you can get... Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, let's, let's hear the names of these. The fossil fun games there is Bronto Score. You successfully shoot basketballs into a hoop. Comet Crasher. Toss comets into a watery galaxy of moving goblets. If you land one, you win. Mammoth. You <laughs> sound so excited. Mammoth marathon. Roll balls into holes to move your woolly mammoth forward in a race to the finish line. Fossil fueler. Take aim and compete against others at this prehistoric gas station themed water squirt game. Gas station themed? Yeah, because Chester and Hester's is a gas station. And are you ready for it? Whack-a-packy-cephalosaur. Whack-a-packy-cephalosaur. Smack mischievous dinosaurs with your mallet as they pop up from their holes. Yeah, exactly. Except instead of moles, it's pachycephalosaur. Which one would you most want to play? Wendy's. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll go with Mammoth Marathon. I like the Mammoths. Comet one. That's I like the Wacka one. Yeah, Wacka Pachycephalosaur. Yeah, Wacka Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else tried. Well, that one. <laughs> oh. I'm pretty good at Wacka. So I'd be pretty good at that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I've never done these and never will. No, no, they cost more money. We already spent a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. I'd rather go get a snack. Yeah, yeah. I love snacks. <laughs> Speaking of snacks, we're not going to talk about restaurants yet. We're going to talk about shows. So, um, <laughs> as I mentioned, the theater in the wild, is that what it's called? Theater in the wild or of the wild? Um, is in that is in Dinoland. It doesn't make a lot of sense as we've already talked about. Um, there's never been anything dinosaur related showing in there. But here's what has shown. Journey into the Jungle Book opened with the park, I think. Lucky the dinosaur. Oh, <gasps> oh. Oh my God. So that uh, maybe he was in the theater. But I'm guessing he was just walking around is what they're referring to. Tarzan Rocks has been in Dino Land. I think that one was in the theater. Dinosaur Jubilee was just a streetmosphere um, act. Fossil Prep Lab, same thing. And then we have Finding Nemo the Musical, which is still there. has been there for 14 years. Oh my gosh. That's a long time. <laughs> That's too long. That's a very long time. It's too long. Um, thoughts. This is a. Sorry, I'll tell you what it is first. 
This is a, uh, well, it's a retelling of Finding Nemo, but in song, the musical, as the title probably already told you. Um, there's some good songs in this, but uh, it's all puppet-based. Um, you can see all the actors, but uh, but they're um, but they control puppets. Um, it is written by the same people who wrote Frozen. It's um, impressive. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it came it came in two thousand seven, and has aside from this pandemic shutdown, it has. Uh, has run ever since 2007, no stopping, so in this theater. It's a pretty theater, except the outside is the one show building you can kind of see in all of Animal Kingdom, Yeah. Um, which in and of itself is kind of incredible, but that's the only like block building you ever see there. Uh, thoughts on, have you seen the show, McKenzie? You may have it. I saw it once. Yeah. I thought it was just fine. Yeah, that's kind of where I land too. Yeah. I like it when bubbles come down from the sky. <laughs> sure. Sure. I think the songs are just fine. And when it's really hot, it's a nice place to sit for half an hour. Yeah. Um, but but uh, it doesn't really measure up to the source material. Finding Nemo's great. Mm -hmm. This is just fine. Yeah. Um... How long is too long for these stage shows to last? Depends how hot it is outside. <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant, I meant in terms of years that they oh. run. I think it depends on how good the show is because I don't know how long the Lion King one has been in, but I think no matter how long it's there, when it goes, you guys are going to be upset about it. Yeah, you're right. I think I like Japan's rules with, not rules, but how they approach shows, it runs for a few years and then they yeah. update it. Yeah. I think I lean towards that, just keep it changing. I agree with that. I'd rather have a change every five years or so and lose something I really love once in a while than, yeah. than this, this stays here or Beauty and the Beast live on stage is there for decades mm -hmm. or things like that. I think I would appreciate the show more because yeah. I know I'll probably only watch this once yep. or twice. I agree with that. Um, this one has been here for five years, too long probably at least. It's not good enough to uh, to have been there for yeah 14 years basically. No. Don't know if it'll come back after the <coughs> pandemic. And of course when we say all of these things... Um, we uh, the actors are obviously incredible, and, and none of this has to yes. do with their work or anything. Just shows can get a little long in the tooth, I think. Um, yeah, they're a they're a just blue sky ideas. They're a uh, Disney IP that you'd like to see turned into a show for this theater. Well, if it's part of Dynalight, I'd rather it be something that's yeah. even the still thing. just related to it. The only thing they have is good dinosaur, and that's not very good. <laughs> they want to do that. <laughs> well, even like, not even doing like a Disney IP, but doing yep. some sort of like scientific show or whatever. Yeah. Almost like, not quite Bill Nye, but 
doing something like that would I be agree. very interesting. But the thing though is that that theater, I feel like, is almost closer to Asia than it is to Dino Land. Like when you're walking between the two of them, you can almost see Everest from the front of the theater. That's true. Which makes it a hard thing to go full dinosaur. Yeah. You could do Jungle Book there if you... You could just change the map. You'd yeah. have to yeah. redo that bridge because I think that's kind of dinosaur-y mm. in between Asia and Dino Land. Mm -hmm. And that is the official transition, but, but yeah, you could do Jungle Book and call that Asia. That would be, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be. Um, things like that would yeah. have, make the park more interesting, I think, because yeah. Finding Nemo's <laughs> fish out of water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Dino Land. I got Dino Land on the brain. All right. Um, well, last but not least, but maybe least, we'll talk about the restaurants in Dino Land. Starting with Restaurantosaurus, the main eatery. It's a counter service restaurant. Melissa's going to talk about the backstory a little yeah. bit, I think. Um, so it was. Oh, so Dinoland originally was intended to reflect the American love of dinosaurs from serious scientific discovery to tacky roadside attractions. It's all kind of fit in with all of that. Um, Originally, when the park first opened, Restaurant Source was actually a McDonald's, um, and then whenever <laughs> their, uh, whenever McDonald's, whatever it's called, contract ended, they decided not to renew it, and then Disney kind of took over um, and created Restaurant Source. And the backstory um, is that in 1947, when the amateur fossil hunter found the bones near the lodge. Um, his paleontologist friends confirmed his scientific find and they bought the lodge. So, Restaurantosaurus used to be a fishing lodge. Um, professors and grad students took up residence in the lodge and converted it into an ever-expanding dormitory. Um, there's theming throughout the restaurant of the prankster nature of the college students. Um, it's apparent when adding the dinosaur suffix Osaurus to different signs throughout the entire restaurant because originally just restaurant was put up and then they added Osaurus to it and there are other signs throughout the restaurant too where they've added in the Osaurus to the end of it just for fun. Um, but over time the building evolved um, into a visitor center and later into a small museum eventually adding vehicle maintenance and tents all around it just kind of expanding to create those extra rooms in the restaurant. The food within the restaurant is very fast foody because it's college students so it's faster food. Um, Convenient. Yeah. <laughs> and there's different little hints throughout the restaurant. There's even uh, there's a tribute to Walt Disney himself in the restaurant with a photo of him and the audio animatronic dinosaurs from the 1964-65 New York World's Fair. Um, and then there's other just little pictures all throughout the restaurant just kind of fitting in with that theme of it being the dormitory or the hangout area. Um, their recreation room was nicknamed the hip joint. And 
all sorts of stuff like that. So each of the dining areas is packed with different stories, but that is where we get fresh Rotosaurus. All right. Okay. Yeah. Has anyone ever eaten there? No. no. I have eaten there. It had the very standard like yeah, burger, chicken sandwich, fries that you can find pretty much. That you named everything on the menu except for chicken, chicken nuggets. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't they have like a family pizza? Um, not at the moment, but okay. yeah, they used to, they've been doing like a, more of a family thing before COVID. Yeah. They also did say that the restaurant is purposely a messy jumble of chaos because the students living there are too busy to be bothered by appearances. So many, um, assuming touches decorate the area, including student awards given to their peers over the years and stuff like that. Uh, this place has the best bathrooms in Dino Land. Yes, it's true. Yep. <laughs> That's it. It's gonna say I've only gone in there it's to only get two, but ice water and go to the bathroom. Yeah, the uh, the fountain soda machine is on the outside, not behind the the ordering counter, so you can get some ice water pretty easily. Um, and the food looks terrible. Yes. And everyone. Pretty much. Yeah. Everyone says it's pretty bad. Uh, would you rather eat here or Wendy's? Wendy's. Wendy's. Uh, Wendy's. Peer pressured into that one. I do enjoy the signs on top of the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, you could see a lot when you did the Triceratops spin. Yeah. No, I. Uh, I think the actual inside of the restaurant and the outside it does its job. It's One executed. Thing we haven't really uh, touched on in Dino Land as of as it is right now is like you can meet Launchpad McQuack. Yeah, we're getting right? there. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Okay, fine. I'll just leave that be. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Mackenzie, do you want to talk about Dino Bites? Oh, I or just, are you talking about Trilo Bites? No. Are you I talking to about look, either? I had to look up both of them okay. to figure out what both of them were. Sure. I've never been to, to Trilobites. Uh, I don't really know what it is, but Dino Bites, yeah. last November when I went, they had a seasonal ice cream sandwich that had yeah. peppermint ice cream and double chocolate chip cookies, and it was delicious, and I just had to talk about it. If you want an ice cream sandwich, go there. Sure. They, they still have it according to this menu. Um, yeah, they, they have ice cream, pretty much, and Mickey pretzels. So... There you go. Um, exactly. Where is it? In the uh, land. Uh, Restaurantosaurus, I think, is right here. And then I think it's pretty close. <laughs> I know I'm doing a visual and this is a podcast. <laughs> but I think it's just They're right, right next to each other, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. The other snack stand is Trilo Bites, and that's closer to the Boneyard, I believe. And this place has soft serve ice cream and also has buffalo chicken chips. And it didn't look really good. I looked at a photo. So there's Dino Bites and Trilobites? Yeah. yeah. That is incredibly confusing. Well, I mean, one's called Dino Bites. And, and the other cream. one is called Trilobites. And both serve ice cream. Both serve ice cream. <laughs> Great. Yeah. But Dino Bites has a place where you can eat outside. And Trilobites Trilo has it's buffalo a, chicken chips. It's just like a kiosk type of Where's Trilobites? Uh, across, uh, yeah, near yeah, the boneyard. Yeah, near the boneyard. Toward the entrance by that part. Yeah, I think so. 
Would we recommend eating at any of these no, compared no. to the rest of Animal Kingdom? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, every single other land has something better. Yeah. Um, Alright, and we'll talk about the shop really quick because um, Dinosaur, the attraction's good, the boneyard's good. This shop is kind of fun. I like yeah. the shop. Yeah. Chester and Hester's Dinosaur Treasures. Yeah. Um, I'll let you guys talk about the shop if you want because I don't shop a lot, but I, I walk through this every time and kind of enjoy it. I'm guessing this is just like Chester and Hester's I think trying this... to get your money with dinosaur souvenirs. Yeah. Well, that and it I think took this over is the inside of the gas station. Yep. Yeah. Got it. So they converted their gas. They converted their gas station into the dinosaur the, gift shop. Yep, into the gift shop. Um, I feel like you can always find really fun things. There's tons of like toys and trains going around, and they're all like themed to dinosaurs, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, up above you, so you have all of your normal Disney World merch down on the floor, um, on like different stands that really mimic like you're in a gas station but up above it it's just filled with so many knickknacks which i think are really fun to look at yeah it's it's like if dino rama uh was put into a gift shop but not quite as ugly yeah, yeah. it's it's all cheeky yeah. gifts that are it almost kind of reminded me of you know in cars the movie or even cars land the old grandma that has her little curiosity shop. Yeah. Gotcha. It's just kind of, it kind of gave me that feel where it's just kind of, you never know what you're going to find in yeah. here. Somebody added the note Santa Dino, and I'm guessing it's McKenzie. I don't really know. Definitely it's McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely me because the dinosaur inside there, they put a Santa hat and a Santa beard on him yeah. at Christmas, and that makes me laugh. It is nice. It, you're right. It is nice. Um, if you want all the dino puns, go here. There's tons inside of this shop. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good shop. A little different than your usual exit a ride gift shop. So, um, the last thing we'll talk about in Dinoland's current iteration is Donald's Dinoland Bash, I think is what it's called. Um, Donald's Dino Bash. I yeah. think I added a land in there. Um, it is basically Donald Duck and his friends having dance parties and a meet and greet or two in the land. And it yeah. sounds like an awful idea, but for some reason it's just fine. Well, they're all dressed up in dinosaur costumes. Yeah, so, I, mean, I think that's what makes it good. Kind of interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, except for like Launchpad McQuack isn't, or... I just really like to say Launchpad McQuack. Launchpad's yeah. there. Someone else. Daisy Meat's there. Why is Launchpad there, but Darkwing Duck is not? I have no idea. I don't understand. I have to bring it up to uh, Chester and Hester. I will. Uh, yeah, Chip and Dale are there in their yeah. dino costumes. Mm -hmm. Donald's in like a weird... I don't I don't know Doesn't what kind of costume it? it is. No. It's... Like... it's I'm going to show them a picture. I don't oh, know how yeah. to describe it. Oh, yeah. He's so it. cool. Like a safari. Yeah, but, but in dino colors. Light blue and 
blues and oranges. Like, I want to yeah. call him a conductor of some sort. Oh. Like, he's in charge. It's his. He's in charge. And it is his bash. Yeah. yeah but I, I don't know what his costume yeah. is. No, yeah, this is just a dance party and meet and greet, basically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, meeting Launchpad McQuack is great. Yes. Uh, do it. It's true. Um, meeting Daisy, less exciting. Yeah. But? Unless you're Darren, because Daisy always loves Darren. That's true. Yeah. Darren is another member of the podcast <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, any, any other thoughts on, on that? All right, how about Dino Land overall? We've, we've basically covered it all. I don't think any of us love it, uh, it seems. Um, it seems like there's some like, but not some love. Yes, it has a few qualities, but, uh, but I think we've kind of covered this already. It, mm-hmm. it has a problem. It has problems, and it might have been a pretty bad idea, honestly. Yeah. Um, even if there is loads of backstory to uncover. Um, yeah, any yeah. any other It just thoughts feels on? disconnected to me. It just yep. doesn't, mm-hmm. just even within itself and within the park, so it's not my favorite. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a part of Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't like it, feel organic. I, I think the last time we were even in that land, we were talking about how it doesn't even feel like we're in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Like it just feels like we're in an offshoot of yeah. a different park. Yep, I agree. It might be one of the Disney World's worst lands overall. Yeah. Next to maybe current future world. Oh, I forget about that. Future world's bad. Uh, Magic Kingdom does have some places I like to stay away from, but I think they're all better than Dino Land. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So, uh, what's next for Dino Land? The rumor for the last few years has been a South America land that features uh, Indiana Jones. Um, there is a Disney Sea land called Lost River Delta that takes from uh, Mexico, Central America, South America, and uh, incorporates a few Indiana Jones attractions, including Indiana Jones Adventure and uh, uses the Mayan pyramids um, as a facade for those rides and it is lovely. It's a beautiful land that honestly would fit in Animal Kingdom pretty well just if you picked it up from there and and plopped it right down into Animal Kingdom. Um, what would you like to see come there? Would you would you want to see Dino Land change? And, uh, what would you like to see either talk in generalities or get as specific as you'd like? Um, I really like the idea of like a South America land, just doing another, because they've done Africa so well and they've done Asia so well, that I feel like having more representation would even, they would still knock it out of the park, just having that immersiveness in a different land. That sounds really cool. even bringing in Indiana Jones, I mean, I'm all for it. I enjoy Indiana Jones. The ride system's already there. It's an easy thing. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like that idea. It just seems to fit a little bit more in my idea of what Animal Kingdom is. Um, either that, doing something 
maybe more because if you add that in then Pandora is just kind of off on its own it doesn't yep. really fit very well so doing something more of the mythical or um, fictional bringing that more to life but making it feel real yeah doing something along that but I don't like you could do like El Dorado or um, like the City of Gold oh sure the, or like more of the fictional or myth oh what's the word I'm looking for mythological no or I guess Fantasy. more of the myth yeah, yeah. behind or more of like cultural legends yeah that would be a fun just have a whole land devoted to Loch Ness Monster. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Sounds great. I love it. <laughs> what if they did, like, an Onward-themed land? Because I feel like Onward is has all those mystical creatures, and it's also mixed with, like, blacktop pavement and, like, carnival-esque. Because, you know, the, the dragon is made out of like building materials and to me that's so that's so dino land yeah i mean i would not be excited about it but i see where you're going then they could recycle a bunch of stuff because yeah. you know how disney loves to budget yeah i don't like onward i like onward but i don't like it enough to have a land based off of it no. same thing with like zootopia i do not want a zootopia land and animal kingdom i just want to honestly destroy dino land and start from scratch sure just, just I can see them doing something with Zootopia just as more of a kids area, but yeah, I agree with you. I'd rather Zootopia fits better in other parks than it does in Animal Kingdom. I think mm -hmm. um, it'd be nice if I'll speak in more general terms. I'd like to see something living there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no animals to speak of, and I know that's kind of part of the idea. It's an extinct area, but but there's uh, there's no entertainment outside and there's no life in the area and uh, so if, if it's an animal exhibit or if it's entertainers of some kind um, either way just just something that brings a little more energy to the area yeah. or maybe it's that giant dinosaur that's sure in lucky we'll see it lucky back yeah I hope so Okay, time for our final big idea. Do theme park identities need to evolve over time, or should they stick to one central idea? Animal Kingdom set out to be an ode to animals, living, mythical, and extinct, but Dinoland sticks out like a sore thumb. Will it be robbing the park's identity for the extinct portion of this park to be taken away? A lot of thoughtful faces <laughs> in here. Uh, my initial thought was I don't I don't think it would take away from Animal Kingdom's identity because I feel like it's already gotten so far from the original thought of of how they created Animal Kingdom. Like I don't think of Animal Kingdom in the way that they had it laid out when it was originally opened. Um, so I don't think that it will deep. Uh, what was the way they phrased it? I don't think that it will be robbing the parks I didn't need to take away the extinct portion of the land yeah. or of the park. Um, I agree with that. The uh, 
I think the park's identity uh, to Michael Eisner, who dedicated it on that day in 1998, was what we've talked about. But to Joe Rohde the and the other Imagineers who designed it, it was more of a, yes, this is about animals and how we uh, interact with nature, but it's also a theme park based on putting guests as first in a first-person experience. So instead of uh, seeing how someone gets up Everest, you're going up Everest. Mm -hmm. Or instead of, um, yeah, I mean, you're going, you're riding on the back of a banshee, or you're you're going on a two-week safari. It's doing that, and that's the the idea behind the park, and that it, it's putting you in an experience that you wouldn't get otherwise, and putting you as the main character, what, and showing you how we can interact with nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had written, and I think I've already mentioned it once too, that I view Animal Kingdom as just being very immersive. And I don't feel like you have that in Dino Land. So yeah. it going away doesn't, doesn't take away. Because you want something that's more immersive to have that first person view of it. Because you're not really, it's just, yeah. I think the only thing in Dino Land that fits that immersive thing would be Dinosaur. Yeah. Everything else is not even close. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think a good healthy theme park evolves over time and continues to learn and re-identify sometimes. I know other Disney parks struggle with their identity. Epcot. <coughs> California Adventure. <coughs> uh, okay, a lot of... Hollywood <laughs> Studios. Oh. <laughs> um, but I think Animal Kingdom has a strong identity. It just has some weak aspects of Dino Land, and I think change is good and a healthy part of having a good theme park. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't. I guess I guess that kind of answers the first question in that in that uh, a theme park probably should evolve their identity over time, unless it's Disneyland. That might be the only one, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that the Disneyland identity is so broad that so many things have fit into it over time. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think that we can't expect them to knock it out of the park every time. No. And I mean, they have. Right. Yeah. Like, California Adventure Open and everything was bad in that park. Yeah. But Animal Kingdom, most of it is incredible, except for this one thing. And they nailed three out of the five lands, which is honestly really, really good for an yeah. opening. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think, I mean, Dino Land is pretty bad, but I think, <laughs> I think they need to learn from that mistake and move on to bigger and better mm -hmm. things and better ideas. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, any, any other thoughts? We can, uh... Dino Land USA, would you rather go there or a trip to Wendy's? I'd rather go to Dino Land USA. Dino Land USA. Then they knocked it out of the park because Wendy's <laughs> is fantastic. Uh, yeah, okay. Never mind, forget everything we just said. Uh, Alright. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. The plan is to be back every week with a new podcast. And like I said, we're, we have some new posts on the blog, some new items in the Etsy, Etsy shop. 
Herald Supply Co. on Etsy, WanderingInDisney.com. If you need a dino, there's even a dino bag. Yeah, the best dinosaur in <laughs> Walt Disney World is at Hollywood Studios, and that is Dinosaur Gertie. And uh, we do have a Dinosaur Gertie bag. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week. I think we're talking about, uh, well, we haven't fully decided what we're talking about, but it's a draft, and those are usually pretty fun. So um, come back and listen. Uh, uh, for my co-hosts, I'm Andrew, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.